0: i got a i got a lexus in my house and they're like uh-huh. aren't you worried about the government having information and i'm like yo they been had it like, yo they been had it son <laughs> like every time you use a cell phone you literally send out all your information to who no- and you just trust the world that somebody's not going to take it. you literally believe in your joint wide open outside
1: Hey like, yo!
2: Know, and the crazy thing about it is that everybody already—you already gave the permission to all the apps on your phone, anyway. It, to, it, to it, have it, everything to record you to everything.
0: Only recently have they had the little message: "Do you want to allow?" Exactly, so,
1: yeah. <laughs>
0: years before that, it was automatic. Like you was like you just as soon as you download the app, it was like, "Thank you." But Nobody <laughs> reads the end user license agreement, and then oh. Apple sends you. Four, four, four.
2: Exactly. So, and that's what redefined print is about. So, like, you know, because I'm gonna edit it anyway, but um, I'm definitely gonna put that somewhere in it. <laughs> I don't know where we're at. Like, yo, I ain't even. That was just a, a whole. That's basically what the read the fine print is, is going supposed to be eventually. Like, uh, you know what I'm saying? Just diving deep into that fine print because, yeah, everybody don't read that shit. And Apple joint is what? 20 pages? Crazy.
0: Every update is 20 new pages, man. And you just be like, all right, quit. They be giving us emojis in exchange for our social security number, man. Like, he's <laughs> It's like, oh, oh, shit. I feel like man
1: uh,
2: animal face now okay here's my location <laughs> <laughs> hello world this is the travis with the redefine print podcast this week is focused on intellectual property we sat down with an intellectual property expert Lawrence Cosby. We talked about intellectual property amongst other things. Lawrence Cosby is an attorney. He's a social media influencer. He's a DJ, former or current rapper. I don't think I got into that with him. Um, he has a residency with the, uh, the district of Columbia with, I think it's called tool to crates. Um, all that information will be in the show notes. And as always, I thank you for tuning in. Please rate, subscribe and review. Um, and, you know, let us know how we're doing, how we can improve, what you like about it, what you hate about it. And um, hope you enjoy. God bless. Peace. Um, so introduce yourself.
3: I'm Lawrence Cosby. I'm an attorney focused on intellectual property. Um, I love hip hop, a low key a social media icon. Just trying
2: to make my mom proud, man. Yeah. <laughs> make a mom proud is is one of, probably the most important thing in life. One of the most important things in life. All right, man. Good to have you. Finally, we've been trying to get this together for like, what, two, three months now. I talked to you yeah, about uh, doing an interview or the conversation, because we didn't do conversations before I even announced it to the world. So what's going on, brother? How's everything?
1: Everything's good, man. Trying to make
3: moves, you know, keep my head above water, you know, hanging in the chow line, <laughs> um, you
1: know, good times, man, um, you know, just,
2: just living. Cool, cool. Give give the people a little bit of uh, background information about where you from and all that other good stuff.
1: Um, originally
3: from Brooklyn, New York, Red Hook, uh, stand up, spent a lot of time in Virginia, um, went to Anthony University. Then uh, went to Howard University where I met a wonderful host. We were in law school together, and I've been in the D.C. area ever since, so, uh, working various positions in intellectual property, focused mainly on patents, but expanding it now into you know trademark, copyright, and and some other other stuff that has to do with you know protecting people's um, creativity and you know art.
2: Cool, cool, cool. So I. Right. So how was it um growing up in Red Hook?
3: Red Hook was it was rough, man. I mean it, it, it's funny but it was it was love. So you never really know um that you're you know, poor or, or that you're around poor people when it's family. And when you have, exactly. you know, extended family, you know, there is, you know, sharing. You know, my grandparents on either side live, you know, up the block. So there was always love. Um, you know, did we have uh, duck bullet drills? Yeah, man. <laughs> if you get bullets, you know, you jump on the floor. You
1: know? Yeah.
3: But they cracked valves around, yeah. I mean, but it was it was still home. So it wasn't like, man, we poor. It was just like, all right, you know, we don't got what's on T V but we are pretty much on the same level of everybody around you. So it was it was, you know, it, it was it was a childhood, man. Um you know, I mean, I look at Red Hook now. It's totally uh, um, it was totally different. Gentrification happened, and it's weird. You know, but I, I love the fact that you know Red Hook was a small community in Brooklyn, and people didn't come and you didn't leave. You, you didn't know, leave. You know, a lot of my family was there. Um, okay. So my, my earliest, my cousin. Hello. Yeah. You
2: hear me? Yeah, yeah. It went out. But go ahead.
3: Uh, so yeah, my, my earliest friends were my cousin. Got you. It was a community.
2: Um, When did you you move to Virginia at what age?
3: Um, Moved a couple times. My family had a a, a place in Virginia. um, And um, we eventually settled, you know, when I was, I knew I was going to stay in Virginia when I was in high school. Um,
2: got gotcha. you. So did you do high school in New York? Or nah, you never experienced yeah,
3: that.
2: Oh, you yeah, did? Okay. What part of Virginia? Cause Virginia, Virginia is a whole bunch of um. You got the Clips, Virginia. Then you got like um the politician, Virginia. What part of Virginia? Like what's what city? Uh,
3: they, they call it bad news.
2: Oh, bad news. Oh, you from Newport News?
3: Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Definitely had you know, childhood memories out there. It, it was it was different. It was wide open state, but it was a different kind of poverty. Um, that I saw. you could see the the differences really up close. Um, and you
2: say it differences. Like what what do you talk about? Like what type of I mean, difference?
3: Like the areas that were you know considered poor were very poor. Gotcha. And you, then, you know. Miles that, you know, you got many mansions. and and it was, you know, it was weird seeing that, um, and also like the just the racism on its face, like like right out there. It's just like, hey, man, it, Confederate flags flying, um, white people who just don't rock with black people, um, and it'd be out, really, man. And just Virginia was different, but I, I did appreciate. There, there also was a sense of community and that, you know, people definitely, you know, stuck together. Um, yeah, man, I mean, it, it was bad news. There was definitely violence and, you know, just criminal activity because um, there was, you know, a level of poverty um,
1: there, too.
2: Got you. So, we, you went out there on some Brooklyn shit because y'all, y'all know how y'all Brooklyn cats be getting.
1: Oh, I mean, I, I was... I was no,
3: man. I mean, my, my family had been coming down to Virginia for years. Um, you know, we had moved, we moved there, we moved back. Um, so we, we had known the area. And it was, you know, slow pace. And you realize that Virginia is the um, getaway for New York. Gotcha. Um, I mean,
1: Knicks went to 20 down
2: south. I mean, <laughs> hey, yo, So so why do Brooklyn cats – let me ask you this. Why wow, I don't even know if you can answer this question. Why do people from Brooklyn always find a way to tell you that they from Brooklyn? Like, you could just be talking about, like, Kel or some shit. Like, yo, I really love Kel. Like, yo, you know what, son? In Brooklyn, the Kel be blah, 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 blah. Like, yo, nobody asked you about...
3: It's like, you know, some dude who went to Harvard, they, you know, they, they always gonna just bring it up. There is just an immense pride of the borough. Um, and, you know, there is a perpetual underdog idea it is just a, you don't feel good. You're Captain America's Brooklyn. And Spike Lee, <laughs> Maddie Rich. Matty <Maddie> Rich. <laughs> we have some of the greatest people ever. Uh, Michael Jordan's
2: Brooklyn. Yeah, y'all, nice. y'all can't claim Michael Jordan, yo. When Michael Jordan left Brooklyn and he was like two years, like two, two days. Two days old, yeah. we got
3: Carmelo Anthony. He's from Red Hook, you know. You know, if you come out from Long Island College Hospital or, you
2: know. Hey, yeah. buddy. So as long as you're born in Brooklyn, you can claim Brooklyn. That's what she was saying.
3: Yeah, yeah it's a birthright, man. It's like, it's Wakanda, man. You always, you always accept it. Um, you know, and, and you get to let people know, man. I have no idea, honestly. Um, but it feels it, it prideful to just say it. Um, it was easy off the tongue. Um, it's the mecca.
2: Got you. How was your parents? What what, what your parents do for a living? Yep.
0: Uh, now is then. That-
2: then, back then, coming up, because it sounded like they was literally trying to, well, they was on to come up, because, I mean, Brooklyn, Red Hook, then you with the Newport News, like, although it was, Newport News is, is, I mean, it's impoverished in a lot of areas. It's also, like, people think of, like, places like that, especially when you're coming from the city like as a step up, for example. Like, they don't necessarily think of it as, like, because you're still poor but you're not Brooklyn poor anymore, if that makes sense.
3: My parents, you know, are working. Um, You know, my my dad is a freshman. He, um, you know heavy heavy machinery, printing, he's done that. That's been his trade for a very long time. My mom has worked in logistics. Um, And, you know, done various jobs. But our main, you know, focus for the longest was logistics. And now they're they're getting to retirement age. Um, But, you know, they they came down to Virginia to, like, you know, go straight and um, just, you know, make a better life for their kids. They did a really good job, man. I mean, you know, just to get us out of Brooklyn and to get to a place where, you know, we had space. We had, you know that of schools. Um, and they, you know, they, they pretty much saved our lives.
2: Got you. you oh, how many siblings do you have? What What do you have?
3: Uh, I got a brother and a sister. Um, my brother, he works in Atlanta. Um, he works for a, a cable company doing, you know, communications. My sister uh, actually lives in D.C., not too far from me. And she works um, you know, in the like after school programs, you know, on youth development and our education, so you know they're they're both doing doing great man. developing. I'm proud of them. Got
2: gotcha. you, got gotcha. you. So tell me about. Um, I wanted to we could do a little detour because I know you had the um, when we was in law school you had the um, the uh, the what you call it it was the um, corduroy Wednesdays <laughs> yeah. we had all call all the polo corduroy pants and colors I never seen like fuchsia like we where, where did you get the love because we share the love for um we share two loves that I, I know for sure is um the polo and um I put you on to uh what was the uh mixtape I put you on back in the day you ain't know nothing about I'll well, put you I definitely put you on to the Mac you ain't had no Mac before me well ain't ain't, ain't nobody had no Mac before me I'll you know I'm black and I take credit for everything. <laughs> Nobody had the Mac before. You
3: know, space age aluminum, shining. Who's like, Yo, what is that? Why <laughs> like, Why is your your, your operating so shiny?
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> okay, thanks. I gotta get one of these. Um, I mean, bro, my parents were fly, man. My parents were super fly, and you know, they raised you know me to you know have the same love of fashion. Because in the hood, you know, sometimes you can't no car. You know, so your shoes were, were your car. You know, your jacket was you know your 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 house. You know, it, you weren't investing into you know property or, or stocks and bonds. So you was you know getting fresh. That was your, your social capital was your your clothing. Mm. So my pet was always you know into you know even if we really have it, like, be sales bracket, Let's just you know uh, or pay these boosters you know to, to get what you want and you know. Both of my parents love polo, so when it was time for me to take pictures or, or get a new outfit, you know, we was going, you know, get something Ralph. Ralph. So you know, you grow up having that, and then you start making your own money, and start saying, "Oh, you know, I can get some fly." And, and I realized, you know, at a young age, I had low, my low money. Those bright colors, they would be on sale.
2: Yeah, nobody was, nobody was, uh, nobody nobody, ba- yeah. yeah, no, yeah, those yeah. Bright,
3: let me see, you know, and, and if I get the right shoe with it, you know, that's on. You know, I'm, I'm going to get noticed. I might, you know, the girl might notice me, or well, I'm definitely going to get apt for my homeboys. And, you know, I'm also, you know, filling my stove. So when I was in law school, I was like, yo, I'm looking in my closet. I got enough colorful corduroys you know, <laughs> through, through a, a couple months of, you know, every day, a new corduroy. And I was like, yo, because. It was just so, such a drag just to be in school every day. I was like, man, I'm about to do something for myself. So it was a form of self-care. Like, you know, Wednesday, I'm going to come through with, you know, some lavender corduroys, (laughs) a pair of driving shoes, and, and, you know, uh, you know, you know, rock it, man. And um, it was dope, man, and it was something to me, like,
1: I was just doing it, and the people were like, "Yo, casual corduroy
2: Day. I was like, "You know, it's corduroy Wednesday." You know, it's gonna happen. <laughs> it's, called, it's gonna happen. See, it's funny because I did, I did the opposite thing of you when I when I was in law school. So I had, I don't know if you remember this or not. I had mad blue polos, but they were all slightly different or had a, a different color horse on them, right? So I would do like, "Yo, I ain't trying to really figure it out." Especially one L yeah. Let me just put on like. I just got a whole bunch of blue. I mean, I got a whole bunch of polo, but that that was part of like a a, a, a strategic thought. Like, I don't want to really think too much. I'm just gonna throw on this blue joint. I just only my only problem was just keeping on up which ones I wore, which ones I didn't wear throughout the week.
1: Yeah, I thought you had a uniform,
2: man. You look like, like a <laughs> <my> target employee. <laughs> a bet, yeah, best body, blue rock. They do rock the blue, blue polo. I never even thought about it. Yeah. Somebody hit me like, like uh two or year. Somebody was like, "Hey yo, why you wear the same polo shirt every day?" I was like, "Son, you you don't pay attention to the the horses. The horses are different colors, yo, and they and they a different shade of blue." Everything. Huh?
3: And the horse color changes everything. It's like this is a, this is a whole different genre
1: of shirt. <laughs>
2: exactly. Know? Blue with the gold, the blue with the yellow, those are two different shirts. It's two different shirts, yeah. So I, that person I will remain nameless, but I was like, this this cat is not very observant, yo. I was like is it, <laughs> it's a different color polo. It's a different color horse, yo. Yeah. 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 But tell me about you what's what you got going on now. Cause I know you just um tell the people about the new position. I guess it's not that new anymore that you just got with um with the uh I guess it ain't the city of D.C., but we just call it the city of D.C. The District of Columbia. The Com... What is it? Um, what is D.C. officially called? It's not a, um, commonwealth. It's something else. It's the... What is it?
3: It's a, It's a district. That's what it is.
2: It's just a district? I thought they had a name yeah. for it. Well, go ahead. All right.
3: You know, so, uh, my, 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 business partner, Haley, we've, um, you know, been friends over the years, and, uh, He's a member of a band called Columbia Nights. And, you know, I've been kind of like the unofficial non-musical member. Wow. You
2: Jarobi? Nah, yo,
3: that's what they call it, yo. I am I am the why. Um, gotcha. And so, you know, I've helped them with some of their legal, um, legal issues or, uh, you know, just kind of being an extra ear. And so there was a point in which we brainstormed becoming a, a you know a record label and you know I'm like we could probably do something more and so we've uh, branched out into more of a creative agency and, and we applied for this residency the district of Columbia called Tool to Create and so it's a program to help creative entrepreneurs in the city develop the creative economy and so they've helped shape and develop you know what we are what we're looking to do and um, we're looking to work with some artists. And focus on, you know, growing independent artistry. Um, In independent artistry, you still need structure. You still need, you know, business acumen. You still need a team. And so we're helping artists build that team out and um, and be that team for some artists. Uh, So it'll focus on, you know, ownership of intellectual property. My 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 real like. Belief is that intellectual property is real property. It is something that that you can have for generations and build wealth through. Um, it's all how you monetize it. But within monetizing, you have to own it. Um, and we've seen it so many times. So many artists have not owned their intellectual property, and we've seen it monetized by someone else. So my goal is a crop of, of two, you know, raise a crop of, of new independent artists that focus on owning their masters for a reason. Like Jay Z told us to own our masters, but he
1: never really told us why.
2: Yeah, so what's the fine print on that? Why give us well we know why as far as like um well give people um a general I guess you're an expert, right? Would you call hold yourself as an expert? Intellectual probably expert.
1: I would I would say I'm I'm at this point I'm a, I'm an expert in intellectual
2: property. Um, I give people like uh, cuz I know what it is, you know what it is, but give people like a layman's definition of intellectual property and why like well no, nah, let me rewind. Give people like the uh a layman's terms of of likeness cuz intellectual property I think is pretty self-explanatory like that's like logos or something like what's probably in the weeds or, or or it's not as clear to, uh, to people is like something like likeness, like what's a likeness and can you own your likeness?
3: Um, there are, you know, certain celebrity rights in which people own, um, you know, their image. And so that, that means that someone else could just take your picture and say that you are a spokesperson for this product. Um, that doesn't mean that you can't have your picture taken and someone, you know, maybe sell your picture, but they can't use your likeness as a, um, you know, a marketing tool. Uh, there was a case in which I think they had a robot that was turning letters, um, and Zanna White ended up suing them because we all knew that that robot was Vanna White, um, and so they were able to successfully argue that were using the Anna White's likeness, her mannerisms, her, um, you know, whole image without her approval, um, you know, that's different than, you know, a fair use spoof or parody um, situation. So you can not own your likeness, but for the most part, you got to be a celebrity and you got to prove that their damages, that, you know, they were taking away your right to exploit you.
2: Okay. Okay, yeah, cause like I don't I don't think people understand um that part of it. Like I think we understand logos. I think we like we understand like the importance of like owning a logo or something like that. But I don't know if people yeah. really understand like the importance of you know owning their like or their the the importance of their likeness if they are at that level, which most of us yeah. not. But <laughs> but if you are at that level, like. You know, like you say, like Evanna White, like she obviously she's at um, that level where. So did the, did the robot look like her, or was it just a generic robot? Uh,
1: it, it looked like her.
2: Okay. Are you familiar with the um, the Ralph Lauren logo, the polo? Speaking of Ralph Lauren, the polo horse. Are you familiar with that case overseas? Yeah. Can you can you talk about it, or not? you're not that fluent enough to talk about it real quick?
3: The Polo horse is an iconic image, man. It's probably one of the best. You know, it's Nike swoosh, um, Polo horse, Timberland logo. Like these are, you know, I just created an outfit right there. Whoever Ever Patch. You know, <laughs> this is, you know, a full on outfit. Um, but the problem is, Rothbard and Polo didn't trademark it globally.
2: Mm hmm. And who's to blame for that?
3: that? That's on them, man. That's on them. Sometimes, you know, you, you, and, and before, there weren't necessarily these trees in which it made it easier for companies to trademark things globally, in which you kind of submitted the portals in which they can, you know, pretty much, you know, have those trademark, um, you know, offices and communication. So I believe it's South Africa in which there are no Ralph Lauren Polo stores. Um, there's a polo store because uh, someone else was able to get that polo trademark and they're able to sell polo and, and they sell the knockoffs of knockoff they will use the polo logo um, because they can't because they have the trademark in South Africa they can't sell it outside of South Africa but there's no way Ralph Lauren can come in and sell polo there um, because they're you know, they're they're also backed by, you know, a polo association. Um that's the same thing with the US Polo Association, which is a real thing. There is a US polo association that plays polo. But there's also a company that licenses the US Polo Association brands and logos in order to make clothes for parents that don't pay
1: attention. So kids
2: get made fun of us. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> we, used, oh. we even used to make fun of people with, with the chaps. So if you come on with the U.S. polo, and chaps made by Ralph Lauren could color had a what, polo sport? Could have had a polo something, they used to say. Could have had a polo shirt. Polo shirt, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. could have had a polo shirt. I don't
3: know who said that, but that person would be even <laughs> destroyed <laughs> other people's wardrobe, man. The <laughs> chaps had some good stuff. It was, Yo. Like that. She, Yo. She was terrible.
2: Chaps, Chaps definitely had some good stuff. I definitely had uh, um one one nice chap shirt, but I told my mom like, yo, don't ever buy that again. But I definitely had one nice nice chap. But he had some good stuff, but just it was just the the price. It was the price point, really. I think that's really what it was.
1: Yeah, I, I think it was
3: it was too good to be true, and people was like, nah, this is off brand. You know, even though I'm like, nah, and, you know, I found out that.
1: There was some of the same designers designing Polo, designing
2: Chaps, you know. Yeah, they they was all under the same umbrella, but even um later on, even Ralph Lauren he took his name off of Chaps. So like you don't see it doesn't say Ralph Lauren anymore. I don't know if they changed it, but they had took because he said it was um diluting his brand, the the Polo brand. So he took his name off Chaps. Um. Because they to have, like, the Chaps little logo, and then it'd be like Ralph Lauren or RL or something like that, and they took it off. I haven't seen a Chaps shirt in, in so long, so I don't know if it's still in play, but I know he had, uh, he talked about it in the in the um Fortune or Forbes magazine about, like, diluting his brand, so he had to take it off. Because, you know, at one time, Polo got cold in the streets when them urban brands started really popping.
3: That was um that was a good time for me, man. I I remember the prices of you know what I used to um, purchase, man. It went down, man. Urban brands like the Outlet, Tommy was super cheap, Polo was cheap, yeah. Uh, so in like five years,
2: for like five years, five or five or more years, it, it was it was a good it was a good run with because Polo had a lot steam. Also, the Tommy Hill figure before the urban brands really popped off. And then once the herbal brands popped off, and then the high end brands started popping off, thanks to, to puffing them, um, it was a good it was a good period. If you was still like into polo, where you can definitely come up on some things, some pieces, and not spend crazy for. it.
3: I mean, I was I was buying leather jackets out of polo for you know summer money, summer job money, you know stuff that was like impossible to pick up. Because you know that that urban brand era, um, and Tommy man, I I I'll, I'll die on this hill. Tommy had the best red, white, and blue clothes.
1: Um, <laughs> and they're red, they're white, blue, and blue, way better
3: than anybody. They had the white. And somebody was mad, and somebody was like, "No, he went on Oprah and was like, Yeah, which I is don't want black, completely false."
1: Clothes.
2: Yeah, and I'm
3: like. He had Graham Kuba as one of the first, you know, high-end clothes spokesmen. Yeah. He was giving Kuba clothes to wear. Um, he had what Tyson Beckford was in, uh, ads in the so If be open to source. Yeah, you Pouba, see
2: Tyson Beckford, yeah.
3: You would see Tommy ads. And I'm like, how you going to tell me? I've seen the ads. Tommy Day basketball shoes. With You know, you walk into a, a, a Macy's, and there's a black guy wearing a Tommy basketball shoe. In, in the on you know, the marketing display, and then somebody was like, yeah, You know, that's you no know racist, right? <laughs> and so you, I can't walk around like, No, it's not. Now I gotta literally bag up all my Tommy. I can't lose my social capital, even though I know I'm right.
1: And yeah, I
3: mean, no, that was the end, man. Next you know, it was in you know, Walmart, man.
2: Yeah, I'm gonna tell you about my Tommy story, like it's funny, because it's it's people to this day, like, one of my friends who remained nameless, she swore, she told, she saw Tommy Hill, to this day, she was like, y'all, I'm telling you, I saw Tommy Hill on Oprah, I'm like, yo, Oprah, Tommy, is not on the internet, like, no one has this footage that you're talking about, Oprah and Tommy both denied that it happened, and I think he did an interview after that, basically, with Oprah, saying, like, yo, the interview never happened, Um, but, like, them urban myths back in the day, when man, is a killer, because there was no fact-checking, but people won't, people don't care about facts no more anyway. People, I don't know if people ever cared about facts. I just, I think social media is really just showing, like, people really don't care about facts if they really believe in something. I mean, you
3: know, people thought the world was flat and was fine with it. People actually still think the world was flat.
2: Yo, it's a flat-earth um, movement, yeah.
3: And I mean, like, cats get killed for saying that the world was round. So, like, yeah, man, we... we studying history has never told us that, like, you know what, people been stupid, people, you know, don't like that, and, you know, that's how the world has always been. I mean, the, the Black plague was because cats nasty. Like, if people would've had hygiene, we would've would saved millions of people. Um, but they was like, nah, washing your hands doesn't cure anything. Uh, <laughs>
1: You
2: know what I'm I'm not going to do? I'm not going to wash my hands after I wipe my ass. That's not it. I'm not, man. No, no.
1: That's witchcraft. (laughs) That's witchcraft. (laughs) Soap! (laughs) We talking about soap! I'm not (laughs) doing
3: it. (laughs) Perfume business is booming. Soap business is going out of business. Like, yeah, man.
1: They, you know, hey, people, people, did not care about that,
2: man, like, oh, bad. oh, yeah, <laughs> but let me tell you about my Tommy story, so, Tommy, right, so, you know, this this dating me, I'm a little older than you, so, Polo, Polo was crazy, right, early 90s, right, so, it was so crazy, and, um, uh, it's gonna be, people, people, people going vouch for this, like, this is, uh, I guess what they're saying, no cap, I guess, what these young dudes saying, but, it was so crazy, so I always been like, "Yo, everybody else is doing it, like I don't want to do it." So polo was so crazy, I started buying Tommy before Tommy. I don't even think poop. I think Poopah did shout it out, but he was the only one that was talking about Tommy. I was like, "Yo, let me let me start getting this Tommy right." So everybody else is doing polo. So Katz, it was a dude um, in my school. He actually was from Brooklyn. He was a um, low life, so we could get into that. He was a low life, so his polo was his polo collection was crazy. Like nobody was keep he was older than us though not out of high school, but nobody was keeping up with his joint. You know what I'm saying? Like it was just out of this world crazy for like a teenager. You know what I mean? Especially from Jersey. So in New York and Brooklyn specifically, I think y'all was um y'all was familiar with low lives and all that. Like that was all new to us in Jersey. But anyway you still there? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was trying to make sure I, I'm looking to see you. I might have to edit I might have to edit this, but um, yeah, so we had the uh the polo joint, so he was a low life, so the dude was like, um, he was uh his polo game was crazy, so I was like, I can't compete with him let me let me go to Tommy because Tommy had a little less price point like five ten hour difference, whatever it is on the shirt back then, I don't know what it is now, so I'm doing the Tommy thing doing Tommy is like, yo, yeah, they red right and blue was crazy, and I was like doing the Tommy thing, so then Tommy, Tommy got hot, I think Snoop, Snoop was the first one that really, I guess he was the first one, I think Snoop made it hot, he did a, like a show with a Tommy shirt on, yeah. like, and then everybody seemed like got on Tommy, because Snoop was the hottest thing moving at that time, then it just got crazy, you just start seeing Tommy figure on everybody, TLC, everybody, he was putting those things on everybody, then the uh, so I have stopped really. I always was buying polo, but not as much as Tommy. So then, when the, the urban stuff started popping, that's when Polo and Tommy both started losing steam. So I started buying polo. That's when I was coming up on a lot of pieces, man. It was those were the good old days. And then, like, I don't know what happened to the urban lines. I people still rocking fat form, now nah, I don't know. The fat form still exists.
3: But I remember, man, Fat Farm. My aunt gave me a Fat Farm T-shirt, and it was a regular T-shirt, but it said Fat Farm, and it it, it just felt amazing. I was just like, yo, ain't nobody else got this, uh, you know? Supporting black business, young. Um,
2: yeah, Fat Farm started off all right, though. Fat Farm when they was just doing, they was doing like the the uh just doing the T-shirts initially. Fat Farm, I think it was doing that it was um. They had, I had a couple of Fat Farm t-shirts that before got real, real crazy that people didn't have because the only time you really saw Fat Farm was really on Russell Simmons at the time, I believe.
3: Yeah. It, it, there was an exclusivity to it as also, you know, because that, that was on the, the, the precipice of, you know, urban wear. So cats couldn't really get it. There weren't, like, urban wear stores yet. Like, you, you go to a flea market or, you know, you, you might know somebody. So it wasn't really – they weren't really in the big stores yet.
2: Um, and it, was, it was a great era, man. There were so many different brands, you know, that, that popped from that time. Um, you know, whether it was, you know, the Carcanai or the. Yeah, Carcanai, Carcanai, yeah, yeah, Carcanai. and I don't think he exists anymore. Well, I know he, I think he alive, but I don't think the brand still exists. Matter of fact, because it actually, it, I think he relaunched it. He relaunched it with yeah. like them throwback uh, pieces, like with the the metal the metal plate on the joint.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs>
3: the joints were unwalkable, man. <laughs> like, it would destroy everything else inside the walking machine. Uh, I, I was grateful for they to experience that that beginning of you know urban clothing because it, it showed that you know we we've been creative and that we were able to you know. Learn from you know the the fashion industry and build our own. Uh, you know back and Dan taught a lot of cats how to remix no clothes um, and how to make something that people want to wear. You know it, 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 we would have to find pieces you know within these you know white uh, creative brands that
1: go went with our
3: aesthetic. But then when we started making our own. Like, oh oh, yo, you know your pants don't break right on these Timberland boots. I'm going to yeah. make you change that. You know, um, instead of buying uh, a 4X pan, I'm going to make your right size, but I'm going to bag it all the way
2: bag out. Bag it all the way out. Yeah, I think that's the uh, first person, first people that I think was doing it, Well, at least on a broad scale, was um, Cross Colors. I think yeah. they were doing it. Yeah. But Cross Colors only had, like, it seemed like they only had, like, a season when it was really hot because they felt like, they had a season, or maybe it was two seasons, where they was, it was crazy. Then the next season, they was gone. Like, it was, like, played out. I'm like, damn, how did that happen? Because I remember this dude, one one year he came back. His mom worked at Macy's, so he was a plug. He came to school with mad cross colors on, like, everything cross colors, like the jacket. And that one, it wasn't cheap back then. I mean, it wasn't cheap. Probably will not be cheap today. It came out today, and he had it all. And then, like, the next year, I, I felt like he can not wear it no more. Like, not because he outgrew it, just because, like, yo, you can't wear cross no
3: more.
1: <laughs> I mean, it was the, the you can look at the time,
3: the times between, like, the native town, they lost all folk class, and, like, you know, whatever they were wearing, and then the Wu-Tang Clan hit, and there's a sudden shift. like, yo, nigga, why you wearing uh, purple polka dot stripes, <laughs> right? bro? <laughs> like, you got to dress like you wore construction. No, yeah, like, yeah, and that's a whole like sudden shift, and and it's funny you say that. Like I went to a nineties party last year, and I had on stuff that my mom had found in the attic. You know, I was like, I had my fatigues on, I had a, a giant champion hoodie with the uh, the cone hood, and a starter jacket. You know, a Nick starter jacket, and that was you know my outfit, and I had to do some Tims on. It. Yeah, and then I'm looking, and there's people dressed like DLC, and they you know dressed in you know silk shirts and cross colors, and I'm like, there's there are totally different parts of the '90s. Yeah. It's just you know, you
2: wouldn't even think it was the same decade. Nah, it's definitely um, like it was a it was a point in um, which is real interesting in the black community. Let me say what I'm gonna say. But well, I'm gonna say it while it's interesting, where it was like the dirty look was in, like, oh yeah, yeah, like Bump, 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 Bump. Yeah, yeah, that look, like, yeah. <laughs> <Bump>. <laughs> Lords in the underground, <laughs> you did like DOS effects where these cats was purposely looking like bombs. Even Wu Tang when they first came out, like they were just looking like dirty on purpose. I feel like like cause and I and it lasted for a good minute too. Like it, it really lasted until Puff was like, cause I remember like Boot Camp Click and all that. Like we don't we don't rock with that and all that we. Tim's for all seasons for ass kicking reasons and all that type of stuff. Um, I remember that was that was it was a point where um, like look, looking dirty was in. Like I never I never brought into the dirty look for whatever reasons. You know what I'm saying my psychological profile wouldn't allow me to, <laughs> to walk around looking dirty. But there was there was a a a, a wave of looking dirty, which is interesting. To me, like now that I'm older, that it happened in the black community because we so, we are so, into how we look. If that makes sense. Yeah. And we naughty are so
3: naughty like, huh? I was like, naughty by nature. Was I've never seen an
1: outfit by naughty by nature. I was like, I want to wear. It. <laughs> and hey I yo, remember? Remember they had
2: remember the hats with the. With the little thing tied on the top,
1: remember <laughs> the <middle> mask? I mean, yeah, like Tretch was <laughs> walking around with a a bike chain with
2: a padlock. With a padlock as a necklace, yo. Like that was his chain. Like everybody had gold. This dude had a padlock chain on his neck, yo. Shouts out to the the legend, yo. He got at me on 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 Twitter one time about actually we got on three sixty conversation he got on me about fact checking. I had fact checked him on something on about Trump, and he just went crazy. You know, you never meet or tweet your hero. You never, <laughs> <meet> your hero. <laughs> never, never meet or tweet your hero. <laughs> yeah, and Tresh Tresh is like one of my favorite rappers because he was from Jersey. It was him, <laughs> Redman. I was like, yo, they was like. Two and three for me back then.
3: Uh, who was
2: number one? I don't even know. I might be lying to you. They might have been one and two back then. Um, in that early night, oh, Big Daddy Kane was number one. Big Daddy Kane was number one early night, late eighties, early nineties, coming into that wave. Big Daddy Kane was my favorite rapper. I yeah, have to- that was one of my you know, first tapes and uh, uh
3: potato, chocolate.
2: Yeah, I had, had, um, my uncle was a little older than me, he actually, like, close to, really, he really was my brother, we always raised in the same house, like, we really came up as brothers, but he had, like, all that old Big Daddy Kane stuff, um, so the first album I actually heard was actually his first album, I think it was, um, not as a Big Daddy thing, it was, um, I forgot, I could see the picture, though, like, he, with his shirt off on the boat, I believe, I think that was his first album. Anyway, yeah, yeah. So I was on Kane early, and I used to try to um, try to memorize his lyrics, write his lyrics down and all that good stuff. He was the first rapper that I think I was, like, really, really, like, yo, I really like this dude. I, I want to be this dude. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Big Daddy Kane was one of the
3: first, like, rappers that he was, like, yo, it was, it was like, Robin to rappers. Like, he was rapping about how good his
1: rap life was.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he, he, he could rap. He could, and he could rap, though, too. That was, a, like, he really was a, a spitter in, in comparison to, like... Because back then, he, he, he came on the wave with that... It was real basic rhymes when he when he came on the scene. Like, he kind of really... Him and Rakim really changed the whole trajectory of, of this thing called rap for real, for real. And they,
3: they kind of killed the rapping voice, man.
1: Before that, people was acting like this. <laughs> yeah. Who's your
2: inside boy? Hey yo, and their outfits was crazy. Like yo, yo yeah, them casters on some some punk rockers. They was really rock stars, but not getting rock star money nor rock star contracts back then. I'm cats really rock stars, man.
1: Yeah, they was
3: dressing like the warriors, man. Yeah. It was. That's what people talk about. What people wear now. like, yo, nobody is wearing nothing worse than anybody in Africa. Band bottoms, kind of
1: course, <laughs> <whoever>.
3: <laughs> I don't care how small your jeans are. I don't care how far you tag them. Dudes was wearing like road warrior joints with like bikini bottoms, man. You yeah, know?
2: it was out of control, man. They they was out of it was out of control, man, like, you go back and look at them videos, like, I don't even know how that was hot, like, they really was, they really, so I think Rockem, Big Daddy Kane, yeah, I think they really ushered the wave, and I guess Run DMC, well, Ron, I think Run DMC gives us credit where to, like, where people really was like, yo, we just gonna dress, like, how we actually look in real life, I think. People give Run DMC yeah. that credit, but, um, like, yeah, but the rapping voice definitely, I, I feel like, you know, the, the the I never thought about it since so just now, but the killing of the rap voice probably definitely got to go to Rock Kim and, and, and Big Daddy Kane, because even LL was on some screaming on the mic type joint.
3: Yeah, yeah, man. I mean, him and him and Chuck B. and we allowed it though. We was like, all right, y'all, y'all, the rest of y'all, no.
2: Yeah, yeah, they was no more, no, more, no more disco Steve radio voice. <laughs> no more. rock.
3: Never going to a friend house to eat and the chicken was, so good. <laughs> was like, no good. No, I haven't, man. I have not.
1: Yeah, that's Story crazy.
2: Yeah, that's crazy. But, but, um, even like there was a way where even when that native tongue wave, these cats were looking crazy too.
3: Yeah, I mean, it, I kind of feel like I don't know, like I don't know what they were wearing. And I if you look at the the first album, the tribe. He was wearing, like, burlap sacks.
2: Yeah, it was out of like, control. Yeah. And, I
3: mean, it, it was, you know, we, we I think nostalgia has allowed us not to look back and been like, yo, what was you doing? I mean, we allowed Empty Hammer, man, and and I love Empty Hammer. He's you know, probably one of the most entertaining rappers of all time, but he had a whole world wearing, had, I don't even know what those pantini pants, man.
2: Yeah, they was genie pants. Yeah, that's that's a that's a great, great, great description of them. Instead of versus hammer pants. Cause I always called them hammer pants, but they definitely was, was genie pants. I, I never I never got into that either, man. The only only yeah. uh.
1: I couldn't afford them, yeah, my mom was buying them.
2: But, yeah. You know, they, they and I think we I them. think that was a little bit before our time too. I don't even know if they would have had our size back then. the <laughs> Hammer pants <laughs> for real. <laughs> I today was like a grown a grown man type of thing, yo. Dang, I mean they, it, and
3: then with dress shoes too.
2: Yeah, like, yeah, he definitely had on dress shoes, yo. Yeah. Stacy
3: Adam, some hammer pants and a silk shirt. And that was your going out clothes. Definitely. And so yeah, whatever the kids wanna wear today, I'm like, yo, you're not wearing hammer
1: pants, are you?
3: All right
2: man. Do what you wanna do? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I think I think once you start once you start being critical of what the youth, what they're doing, you're showing your age, and you, you officially became your parent because every generation goes through it. So once once you are critical of what they're doing and looking like, you're officially old, yeah?
3: Yeah, and I, that, I've learned to appreciate music for what it is, and so and I can draw parallels. Like, there are a lot of artists, you know, like, Mumble rap or mumble singing. I'm like, there's a bunch of songs that I love that I just don't know the words to. And, and so, if kids uh mumble, and honestly, if you listen to it, they're not really mumbling. I mean, they they just not, yeah. not enunciate. Yeah. Not my whole lives, man. I mean, I love Buster's Rhymes, but there's some times in which I'm like, ah, uh, I don't know what you just said, but and Bone Thugs and Harmony won Grammys off of mumbling
2: yeah melodic melodic mumble melodic rap yeah it's crazy cuz like in real time i didn't really appreciate bone thugs like that this was being the east coast cat i'm a blaming or just being the east coast cat i just i really didn't appreciate like what bone thugs did until really like when they when biggie just did the bones and biggie biggie you know what i'm saying like that's when i was like oh okay I mean, outside of the, the the hits, like I never listened to a Bone Thugs album until like much later in life. Now nah, I definitely listened to it in a real time. I was like, you know what? This actually wasn't that bad. It
1: wasn't
2: man. And it was huge outside of the Northeast. Like it was huge everywhere, but the Northeast, we was on some. We ain't even like Snoop back then, yo. Yeah, you had to hide with listen to uh,
3: your, your West Coast rap. Like it was, it was, you know. West Coast Beach was, like, on the playground. The kids were just like, I'm
1: yeah.
3: East Coast. They'll it never have anything like that again. Um, Because, like, we rooted for our rappers, like, athletes, man. They were our team, and the rivalry was huge. It was, you know, if, if I, I bought murder with the case, and I didn't tell my friends. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Death
2: rap, Death row, yeah. I think you could like Snoop, and you could like the Dog Pound, but you really couldn't, in certain circles, I mean, even in certain circles, you couldn't even like them, but, but you, you, you may get away with, like, a Snoop and a Dog Pound, and maybe Dre, but outside of that, like, you could not listen to West Coast rap, like, people would be looking at you crazy, like, yo, why are you listening to, um, um, Ice Cube or something, like, you know what I mean? America's I mean, Most Wanted. Why, why are you listen to America's here. Most Wanted?
1: Ice
3: Cube, I mean, it was wild. Ice Cube was making East Coast rap. Yeah, he was.
2: He with the Boston squad,
3: and, you know, but he was West Coast, so he we was like, nah, 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 none of them. And I'm like, I didn't know how it started, man. Like, who, well, you know, we they could do like, the history of it. Like, what's the first time? Was it just Big and Rock? Like, and how did it become a coastal thing?
2: I think it was coastal mostly because of the, this is me, I, I mean, obviously I'm not, no expert on hip-hop, sociology, <laughs> politics, but I think it was more because of the sound and the lyrics, like, because North Northeast, we were super lyrical, everybody was super lyrical, for, for the most part, like, you had to have the lyrics to go with it, right, and, like, I guess they call it, like, the boom back. but once you got out of, like, New York, New Jersey, um, D.C. had, like, they go-go, I don't know what type of rap they were listening to, but they had their own sound. Like, our sound sound was the boom-bap rap music, you know what I'm saying? If that makes sense. Like, cause you go to D.C., you got the go-go, then you go to, you go to, uh, Baltimore, they got the club. All those jerseys, we had a club, we had a club wave. Um, then you go to South, and they had, like, and people all lump all the south to one, but it's like they had their own sound too. Like Outcast is different than UGK, you know what I mean? Yeah. But now like those barriers don't exist. Like the whole world gets the music at the same time, and there's no um there's no radio programming. We don't gotta wait. We don't gotta uh wait on TV shows to get our music. You know what I'm saying? Like we could just open up uh, your favorite streaming app and just press play, and then whatever comes up. Like you just want to discover music, and you could just discover it. You know what I mean? So I don't think that, and we, it's also people don't have like, uh, uh, we don't have a team as you would say, like as you said, like we don't, like design the sound of like, you know, future, but nobody cares really. You know what I mean? Yeah, I
3: mean I, I think there is a problem with hip hop is that you know, it, it, it's accessible. Wherever you start, but there aren't really institutions to show people who may not have family or friends to walk the through like how we got here. And the powers that be aren't invested into, you know, developing or curating the culture and history of. It. So the culture they talk about is not actual, you know, the, the you know, the uh, education and and um, historical context of, of rap. So there, there's so many rappers, you know, I, I, I like you know, uh, what's his name? Lokekham. I like him. Ransom, Stilton. he is not from Atlanta. What? but it's because the radio, the BDFTV, favorite blogs, whatever, they all focus on, you know, a certain sound. And that's the sound they were raised though. So now when they first get to the, the booth, who are they gonna rap like? They're gonna rap like the you know, Lil Wayne. They're gonna rap like T Because that's all they heard and that's the way to get successful. So, you know, I I, I love regional hip hop. Um, I love it when I, you know, I hear an album and I can tell where that person is from and then uh-huh. I research if that person is from there.
1: Mm-hmm. Because
3: there's you know, it keeps a historical narrative. I mean, you can make music that is different from where you're from, but, you know, there's something about rappers who rap like you, you know where they rap from. Um, Griselda Records, Conway, Manny the Butcher, uh, and Westside Gun. They rap like they're from New York. And that's a buckle up. Yeah. So they, you know, that's still New York. And, and when I put it on, I want to put on my 40 Belows and, and, <laughs> um, you know, and just stand outside.
2: Just stand outside. Yeah, well, I think yeah. But I'm a, I'm gonna push back on you on 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 the powers that be comment cuz like we are the powers that be nowadays, you know what I'm saying? So, it's like it's really up to I think what uh what well, comeback Jack Jack rest in peace. I think what he was doing was a, was a great thing. I think Nori is trying to do what he was doing. Well, actually Nori is doing what he was doing, but he's doing it from a different quote-unquote voice. Like he's doing it as a as a peer Interviewing these people having conversations with these people whereas combat jack. He was doing it from like the lawyer Behind the scenes type and approaching it It was still like similar conversation, but it's really up to It's really up to us like nowadays. That's the that's the short of it We are the powers that be so we have to like whether it's just like do this podcast although, you know Who knows what this podcast is gonna be but we have to like document these things you know what I'm saying
3: I do, I, I do agree. I mean, I, and I, I, um, when, I'm, when I say the powers D I be, I meant, I mean, you know, the, the music industry, you know, powerhouses. Um, but what's great about social media and the internet is that we can become, you know, alternatives. Uh, we can become, you know, where people go. Um, first time I heard about Conway, that's not going to Benny was on Combat yet. Um, mm. because he you know, this is, you know, culture. Um, I'm listening to Rock Marciano by myself. And then I hear Combat Jack talk about it, I'm like, yeah. I mean, it's like, okay. I, I see where this, um, you know, Sean Price, man, I, I, rest in peace, one of my favorite rappers of all time. Um, definitely was a darling to be the outlet that we're, we're down to keep the culture going. Um, yeah. And I think that we, well, yeah, what you, you do have a duty, things that you love, that don't hurt other people, you know, especially when it comes to art. History. It's your it's your duty to to promote it. Um, I think that if you have a platform, you have to you know be a voice because
2: you know people do want to learn. Um, gotcha. And connect this and to what connect this to what you're doing professionally. I guess this is a great bridge point. Connect this to what you're currently doing professionally, and your goals with um, the with the uh, with your new job title and things.
1: Um, you know. I'm fine. My, my goals
3: are to, you know, help artists. And, and it, it all circles back, you know, everything that I've loved. I, I realized that I am a undercover music executive. um, You know, and I've I've always been. It's like I've always, like, heard a record and been like, you know, this can do, this day, it should have did that. Or it should have, you know, this should have came out before. You know, I don't know why this didn't blow. um, And just been a student of it, man. I mean, you know, my, my favorite artists, you know, have had, you know, Hard times, um, you know, either David Ruffin or the, uh, the Parliament of Um and, and my my goal is to not have any more unsung. If an artist is, you know, rapping with me, um, or I'm helping guys their, you know, career or you know, educating them, I don't want any more unsung. Got um, you. I want, you know, because if you're not on unsung, you you probably had a decent career and you lived a fruitful life. Um, there's no reason for the barge to be broken. None. No reason. I mean and so, you know, using my, you know, education, uh, I want to help and I think what really sent me to law school was that one of my uncles was a member of the drifters.
1: And oh, word? yeah,
2: you kept that on the low, I didn't know that.
3: And he he wasn't an original member, he was one of the, you know, a later member.
2: Okay.
3: And he told me that the original drifters don't or all the coasters, like the platters, they don't own anything. They don't own their name. They don't own their masters. They don't own, you know, their publishing. They don't own anything. So people who bought all of this are able to send out groups of just random people. Just random people,
2: the drifters. The drifters.
3: Yes, exactly. Um, and he's like, yo, man, you got to, like, Go to law school, man. Learn, man. Like you know, help people out. And it was just like something I always kept in the back of my head. And then you know, I'm in law school and I'm, I'm taking these classes and paying. Like, and I don't like dang, I don't like this. But then you know, I found intellectual property. I was like, I get this. Um, and my background was in computer engineering, so I got the patent part. The copyrights, trademarks, you know, likeness right. Those are the stuff that like I was I was interested in because I've always loved art. You know, even as a consumer, but I've also you know just seen the the. Bad sides of it. So that's how you know I'm I'm helping artists redefine print or defining the fine print for them. Because you know the the current entertainment industry was never built for the success of artists. It was built for the exploitation of you know artists and and as Black people, you know we are we've been exploited and and we still are being exploited. So we have to find ways and to change you know the paradigm. In order to not exploit others, but to you know create new business models and, and revenue streams that you know cater to our needs and, and, and our desires.
2: Yeah, which it goes into like so. Um, what you think about what um, what Jay Z is doing with 4 uh, four four four? Because Jay Z on the low, he let us wrong for a long time with the uh, we don't we don't lease, we buy the whole car. As you should, you know what I'm saying. I guess he was a young dude, too. Now he's, what, 50-something? 50? Close to 50 or something like that?
3: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I, I think that Jay-Z is a a great example of maturation um, in art. And I think that was, you know, Jay-Z got to the point where he didn't want to be a young boy anymore. And it took him, you know, a little longer than, you know, what you would hope for most people. But Jay-Z raised a lot of us. and now he's been able to talk about his failures and successes, and how you know how you know we can do better. Uh, and it's you know it's never too late. Um, you know whether it's you know with emotional intelligence, whether it's you know financial, um, you know decisions. Um, and I'm I'm thankful that he's done it.
2: But, you know, honestly, you should not get your life advice from rappers. <laughs> 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 it's funny. I just quote on um, on uh, Facebook. I try to – to. i I've been dabbing in the last couple of weeks more than I have been in the last month because I'm, I'm really trying to wean myself off of it. But uh, it's funny because, uh, cause, you know, they got the Facebook political thing going on about fact-checking and the, the dude needs to make sure his company's not doing that. It's like, yeah, Yo, you shouldn't be getting your news in – from Facebook, like, and you on Facebook by choice, like, so, I don't know, like, don't we all got Google, I, I thought, that's how my internet works, like, if I could get Facebook, I definitely get Google, but that's, that's just a, the here nor there, go ahead.
3: <laughs> I mean, yeah, we should not be getting our, our, you know, we should, we should have our own personal filters, um, and, but I think that that's not something people were taught, especially, I mean, our generation older, they didn't grow up with internet skills. So they grew up opening a book or opening a newspaper and the facts were there. And like I read it, it's true.
1: Yeah. You to get
3: and you know, I read it, it's true. And you're just like, No man, people can intentionally mislead you. Like Russia has exploited American like simpletonness. Um for their own benefit, man. And it's wild. They were just like, wait a minute. They will believe anything. As long as you push them in the, in this one direction, you know, they will believe it. You know, they, they prey on your phobias or your isms. Um and and you don't have the wherewithal to be like, hmm, let me take a step back. Let me look and see if this is true. Let me even type in this uh news Paper that said this wild, outlandish
2: thing. Yeah, Snopes, see what comes up. Snopes, yeah. shout,
3: out Tom, shout out Snopes. They do a really good job of, you know, dispelling myths. You know, a lot of times if it's something that's popping and famous, you can type it in on Snopes and so be like, no, that, you know, Barack Obama is not an alien
2: trying yeah. to take a kid. But you know what? I think, I think, um, because, like, like so I was always like, you know what? Never mind. I'm not gonna even say that statement because I see I see quote unquote intelligent people falling for these same tricks too. So I can't even say that. So I'm not gonna say that what I was about to say. But um, what what do you think about staying with Jay Z? What do you think about um his NFL and the Rock Nation deal? Do did you did you have any opinions on that? It's a business. Book.
3: It's about money. Um, it's about act. Jay-Z has wanted to, you know, be in NFL ownership um, for a while now. Um, And this is a way for him to get, you know, to a place in which that can happen. Um, I I don't see, like, the grand humanitarian aspect of it, you know, and maybe I'll never, but honestly, like, it's it's a slap in the face a little bit, but I'm not going. I didn't expect Jay Z to, you know, come, you know, mad to others. No, he's not. He's Jay Z. He's
2: not a businessman. Yeah, I'm a businessman. Business. Yeah. My my thing yeah. is. Oh, God. Uh, there will be some benefit. You know, some kids
3: might get scholarships. The school might be built. Um, but Jay Z has into a position where it's similar to you know Al Sharps and Jesse Jackson, where white people will pay you to um, calm the and calm the black. So
2: you think you think that's what's going on? I think like this, this, this is my I think my issue, or not even necessarily issue, is um my thing. Like I go back to the to the beginning with the with the actual sitting, like so, and I, I blame a lot of it on Kaepernick. Like, the whole, I mean, obviously, we having this conversation because of Kaepernick, but, um, like, his whole sitting, like, it was never, like, this was never supposed to get to this point, right? So, he was protesting on his own by sitting for, like, two games, and it's like, you know how it got, you know how the story got out there about him sitting? I
1: don't know.
2: Yeah, it was like some random um, reporter took a picture of him sitting um on the bench because he wasn't kneeling at first. He took a um some random reporter took a picture of him sitting on the sidelines and then they made a uh like a story about like you know, like Colin Kaepernick or shared on Twitter like that. Then it became a big thing. I don't know what what journalists or, or news report I guess they all journalists supposed to be did it but it was like it was like the Cosby thing. It was like the, the um the joke about Bill Cosby. Um What's his name? Hannibal Burris. Like it was just like, Oh, this is what it is and then it went crazy. So then, you know, he had a conversation with the um the vet and they told him like he should kneel and that became a whole thing the season, you know, and then he, you know, he uh he renegotiated his contract and all this. My whole thing was like he, he never he just recently his team just recently released a statement. Like I I never knew what the end goal to the whole protest was supposed to be is it like you know what i'm saying like so that i think that's where i'm confused about or, or like I, i'm like yeah what 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 are we supposed to do at this point are we supposed to just not watch the nfl like who really stopped watching the nfl i don't i don't know but where we are we supposed to not watch the nfl until cap get a job is that the end goal or is the end goal to have the nfl speak about police brutality like i never knew what the end goal was so it's like I can't really – and we don't know what – I'm assuming Kaepernick and Jay-Z have conversations all, offline. You know what I'm saying? So we don't know what they're – but allegedly Kaepernick was – um when the NFL um put $100 million aside for, like, the players' social issues after the whole kneeling situation, apparently, like, Kaepernick didn't want any parts about it. Like, he didn't want to be involved in it. I, I just don't know. I, I really don't know, like – 'Cause I think a lot of the stuff we only get in bits and pieces and because Kaepernick never says anything, for the most part, like he leaves the public to speculate and argue on his behalf, although we don't really know what this dude wants. Yeah, I mean I think, you know, we know that Kaepernick
1: wants
3: a job. Okay, that that is, you know, he wants he
1: wants a fair share.
2: Yeah, yeah, we know you know he wants a job. We know that part, but outside of that like so, once you get your job, then what? You know what I'm saying? Like, that's why that's why I'm lost. Cause I mean, at the bare minimum, we know he wants to be in the NFL. But it's like after you get your job, what do you want? Like, what's the goal? You know what I'm saying? Like, what's the goal outside of like you you kneel to br- to bring awareness? That's what you first said to what was going on. Um, and you doing your know your rights campaign. But outside of that, like, what's what's the goal besides you getting a job? I just don't know he doesn't I
1: think,
3: I think what does what you know talk sometimes about you know um, our community is that you know we we, we want those we want clear um, conceptualized uh, vision and some of our vision is like yo we just want to stop we just want to just like get get a little free get some you know there's so much happening um you know, institutionalized racism, you know, uh, just racism in general has so many masses that, you know, people are just fighting. What well, are just fighting? Um, and, and I think that Kaepernick was, you know, protesting the idea of, of America, you know, and in, in, including, you know, police brutality and the like, you know, but there was so much, there's so many things you be asking, like, what's wrong with the world? We're going to be here for a while.
2: Yeah, the China thing, right? Don't 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 do no LeBron James statement. Just don't say you own.
3: Yeah,
1: yeah, no, 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 <laughs> don't do that. <laughs>
3: um, I really enjoy everything about that. Yeah, that's wild. You yeah, can't talk about that. That's you know, but yeah, that's wild. Um, and I, I think that there wasn't there wasn't a clear protest. I mean, people don't have like I if I say yo don't buy Tommy because it's racist, it's good, but. Tommy was part of every Sunday routine. But people like that was no more NFL like going full yeah. um, And then, you know, I don't I don't I don't even think Catherine was like I don't want y'all watching this anymore. But I will say he at least put the NFL to task because they, they did something. Not a lot. Yeah. But they did something. And so like he moved the needle. And I, and I'm okay anytime a black person move the needle for us towards, you know, this you know, gold objective and I'm perfectly,
2: you know, fine with y'all. You did your part. Yeah, I think um like I was looking at um I think it's say My Name, like I think is that it? The uh Muhammad Ali documentary a two part. And it was yeah. like uh I think it's called Save My Name, I think. Whatever it is, I mean people going I hope they fact check you know, depending on this uh, podcast on Facebook for for the name, but I think it's same one name. But um, he had um, he, I mean, and, and it's not. I guess it's not fair to compare him to to Kaepernick or Kaepernick to compare Kaepernick to him. Like, he was so vocal about what he wanted in the goals of his stance that it's just like there was no. You knew what he wanted. Like like I said, I don't I don't know what Kaepernick wants. I don't know
1: what he wants.
3: That Muhammad Ali had an easy, easy out with it because it was like you know what he was fighting about was what he was banned for, and it was like you know. But also it was a huge groundswell of people who were backing him up. So it was like I. But it was also something that had an end. So ending the Vietnam War is way different than ending police brutality. Mm. People know that the Vietnam War exists and they accept that. Gotcha. There's still many people who don't accept that police brutality exists. So first gotcha. you have to, them to, to recognize that police brutality exists, and then you gotta make them realize that police brutality is wrong. And so, that, that's the problem in itself, um, because
2: Yeah, it's crazy, because, um, like, like, um, you, you know, you see the people, like, At the end of the day, ain't no minds being changed with the videos or otherwise. I'm going to say ain't no minds. I mean, that's one of my catchphrases, but obviously some minds are being changed, but most minds, I believe, are not being changed because, like, even with the situations when you see people, see police officers who are caught on camera doing something egregious and crazy, they'd be like, well, why was he fighting? Like, yo, he's not fighting. Yo, he's on the ground. Like, it's crazy, man. It's crazy. So I'm like, man, I don't, I don't even know if there's, like, I think I really had America twisted before Trump got into office. And
3: there was a, you know, I I also believe that America, there there was like, you know, home of the free, land of the brave. It's like, all right, we just, we just a couple, couple generations from, you know, decency. Yeah. All right, you know, we got Obama in office. I'm seeing progress. Okay. Okay. You know, maybe, maybe it's not so bad. But then it's just like, oh, nah. You know, they, you got eight years. You will throw the
2: country away because you let a black person out. All and the crazy thing about it is we only really a generation from decency. Like, your, your parents, our parents was born during segregation. So it was like yeah. legalized segregation. So that's our parents. Like, they literally... Were born you know they might have not experienced it to its full extent but they were you know they were alive when we legally segregated people in this country like and we're not that old you know what i'm saying we got a good 40 40 we might have a good 50 years left on this planet if we treat ourselves right you know what i'm saying so and they still alive so it's crazy like my, my grandmother she um my great uncle he was killed by the kkk my grandmother just turned 83, I believe, it was her older brother, because she's the baby of the family, but, like, to this day, like, she never talks about that, like, that's just something she never even discusses, like, her brother, like, she talk about, like, her brother, you know, because apparently he was an entrepreneur, and he was a hustler, like, he, he did, he, you know, he was um selling moonshine and all that, owned a lot of property, but he was killed by the KKK, and his murder is unsolved to this day, and, like, she doesn't even discuss that, like and my grandmother's still alive, so these people, the people that pro- that killed them, were potentially still alive.
3: That's that's crazy, man. I mean, they they just had to create a new Emmett still memorial that was bulletproof.
2: Yeah, that's crazy. Like, I saw that. I saw that.
3: Like, like it's like the the this is just the state that I, I you know. Poor Emmett Till, you know, a young black boy, brutally murdered because they believed
1: that
2: he whistled at a white woman. Yeah, that he, be- they, that a whistle, yeah, a whistle would get you killed. A whistle to a white woman would get you killed in America back then. And that wasn't that long, ago. And
1: it took them years to, to finally
3: convict those who were guilty of the murder. But then, you know, decades later, for it to become a joke, a, a a prank, or you know, an act of you know, figurative violence to shoot up his memorial, you know, memorial sign, to the point
2: where the government had to get a bulletproof one. Yeah, I didn't even think about it. That I didn't even think about it on that way. I saw the news article, I didn't click on the link, and i was just like, you know, it makes sense. Like I said, I think, like, the reason I say I think um, I got America twisted. Like, obviously, I know racism exists. I know racism. I call on the isms. The racism, sexism, and classism, like, they're all interconnected. They're all with us. They're going to be with us forever. Um, and theism, you know, the belief in God or not, you know what I'm saying, like, all those things are always in play in my in my head. Um, So, you know, internally and externally, cause we, we define ourselves term we we define ourselves when people define define us based on how we look our sex and what we believe in in God or not too so that like those things are always at play. but the reason I thought I think I had America twisted is because I didn't really see like like the racism is so bad that like I couldn't even imagine a person like like a black person or a woman or just a non-rich white person doing what Trump does. And people like defending to do like they do.
3: Yeah, it, it's,
2: it's mind-boggling to me. It's my like I I could never in a million years like imagine that. I mean, to be fair, I could never in a million years imagine me living to see a black president too. So, you know, that's all in the same. So to give America a little bit of credit, I I, I definitely didn't imagine Obama being president. I remember we was in law school when he started running. And I used to have, like, um, discussions with people, like, yo, like, the dude, the dude name is Barack Hussein Obama. Like, nobody's voting for this dude. You know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah, that, that's just the name itself.
2: Yeah. So, but like, maybe my, maybe, you know, and I, I didn't think about this until just now, but maybe my, my imagination is just not that broad to imagine Obama and, and in the same world, imagine what Trump is doing. That could be my fault. Maybe not, I'm the problem. I, mean, I, I, don't, I don't think there's a problem at all.
3: you know, it is. We black people are you know, raised in, you know, a level of double consciousness. You know, as the boys would say that you know we have um, who we are and who we are seen as, um, and so we're always you know, worried about appearance. You know, like, you know, how the world is, is taking us in. Um, and to see, like, the activities of Trump, is it, like, it offends us on all levels. Like, we couldn't get away with that. And then we were told no one should be able to get away with that. And to see it, I know, I know for me, um, just the idea of the,
1: the U.S. being cool with Russia it's wild.
2: crazy. It's wild. That's that's, that's extremely wild. Like, y'all yeah, told me my whole life that Russia was the enemy, yo. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like... My whole life, you know, Russia was video games,
3: movies, you know, you know, the worst wrestler, the one we wasn't supposed to be checking for was Russia. And now we have evidence that our president has colluded with a foreign country to, you know, help them and, you know, destabilize us. Like, going to America on America, the stuff we've done, you know, in South America for years. Um, and, and we're supposed to be like fake news. And I'm like, yo, no, this is real news. And people get mad at impeachment. And impeachment is, is just an investigation.
2: Yeah, just an investigation, and, like, exactly.
3: So, like, why well, are you going to get it mad at, at, at the investigation? Not to, like, you know, if you love them, um, uh, so, you should be able to be like, yo, he's trustworthy, yeah, I understand. But nah, you you are mad. It's threatening to shoot people because of an investigation.
2: I think the the major issue that I'm saying is that I think people I like, I could be 100% wrong, but I think people don't know where racism looks like. I think People assume that if you if you're not using the word nigger, if you're not with a white hood on, that you're not racist. You know what I'm saying? I didn't I yeah, didn't I, yeah. I think I think that's the major issue. So, because when I see the responses, it's just like, like nah, you you don't think you can be racist because you are not saying the word nigger and you have quote unquote black friends. Like personally, I think we all a little bit racist. Just like I, I think we are all a little bit sexist. I think we all a little bit classes like, you know, like because if not, we would not have terms like, oh, that's so ghetto or like the whole idea of this whole like men ain't shit and women ain't shit like that's all based in sexism. You know what I'm saying? Like you really like categorizing a whole group of people based off a small or because, I mean, to be racist, the the only barrier you need to be is just think like another race is superior to another race. Or inferior to another race the reverse so like that's all you really need to be racist it's like and i think we all do it to a certain extent but you know i think most racism is is you know it's harmless it's like i think most sexism is probably harmless but it's like bruh like when you when when it get exposed to you and you still denying that it exists that's when i think you don't really understand what what racism is like and it's like I just don't think anybody that supports Trump would support, like, a black dude doing what he does. Like, you know what I'm saying? To me, that's racist. That's racist.
1: I mean,
3: if. I don't even think Kwame Kilpatrick has done all the things that. Uh, <laughs> uh, you Kwame know, and, and Kilpatrick was wild, dog. I mean, yeah, I mean. So, yeah,
2: I, I don't think they would. I mean, if they didn't. They didn't like Obama wearing a tan suit. Tan suit. The tan suit was an issue, man. A tan suit, bruh. Yeah, they were ready. I play golf all the time on American Dine. You know, like... Or, or I'm,
1: I am, like, studying veteran
3: benefits. And then you still have, like, that for Trump. I'm like, have you seen the benefits, bro?
2: Yeah. Yeah, man. I think... I think, you know, I guess we can even bring it back to intellectual property because, I mean, you know, like, the fine print of intellectual property because even, like, his likeness, I didn't think a person with his likeness could even be president. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's a reality superstar. And his, uh,
3: his brand.
2: His brand, yeah.
3: I mean, Trump is, you know, I mean, rappers could love him because he had this, like, aura of wealth. This, you know, of, you know, money and excess you know,
2: his brand represented aspiration, much like the polo brand. It represents um aspiration, it represents um 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 consumerism, um it represents all those things that that we we kinda saw the whole deal, but go ahead, I, I didn't mean to cut you off.
3: Yeah, I mean it was definitely Wanted it, and we thought that you know this is who we was, but in reality, um, why is he not releasing them? You know those those tax records. We will see that you know that everything's not all kosher. Um, I don't know if you can say that anymore.
2: <laughs> nah, you can't. can't say that, bro. You definitely can't say that in this world right now.
3: Um. So yeah, man. I mean his brand has, you know been developed globally because of his presence here and that 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 is a conflict of interest, man. Like, you know, countries that we may have not had the best trade um, relationships are now buddy buddy with the US. But also there's new Trump towers being built. I mean like come on, like, you know, there's no one else like, you know, saying okay and he his, his uh him saying that oh, I'm not I'm not taking a salary. It, once you leave office, all the business deals you've made as a president are, are done, you you got a new lease on life when it comes to
2: that. Yeah, what's crazy is, though, I don't know how true this is, but I read somewhere that most presidents don't take their salary anyway. They donate it. Like, I don't even know how true that is. That could be the Russians influencing me, but that's what I read somewhere. Like, so, like, even that talking point is not really, like, it's like, okay, but no presidents take... They all end up really donating their salary to some places. So they, they get paid so much off of the, uh, the fringe benefits and the speaking engagements afterwards that they don't... You know what I'm saying? They all get book bills and all that. They don't need the salary. That's what I heard. I don't know. It could be the Russians. I mean, you
3: know, the salary is just so... Uh, you don't want a president of the United States making, you know, 60000 and they just like, damn, dog, like, you know hard, and now, you know, I gotta go ahead and take these kickbacks
1: <laughs> from Sri Lanka. From Sri Lanka?
3: <laughs> I mean, you, you don't want that, but, you know, most most that they end up donating even the, the salary itself back, or pretty much that money is going back, Um you know, to, to the country because um, they make so much after. Um, but yeah, it's just like the
1: there's always, I think we have scandal
2: fatigue now, because there's always another, like... Oh, we definitely have scandal fatigue, because, like, even at this point, because I was going hard on Trump, like, people did check my, uh, my social media record, I was going hard on Trump before he was even, even the guy, like, before he, was, he wasn't even look like, yo, I was like, I'm pro anybody except this dude, and, like, you know what I'm saying, like, I done got to call coon. And you know what I'm saying? Like, a, a Negro pin. They, they labeled me as a Hillary supporter. I was like, yo, I never said I was... I said that I was pro... Anybody, I'm anti-Trump. So anybody that's not Trump is... Our, is Not not that they're okay but, to me, but they I'm taking them over Trump. And then it was like, the Bernie bros came after me, and that's when I really was like... Your boy, what's this? Sean Kings... Not Sean Kings. <laughs> Sean, what's his name? Sean King or something like that. What's that dude name? They say he white, but he really he really they they say he white but he acted black or whatever. That's that's the, the jokes on the on the social media streets. Sean King, right? Yeah,
3: that is
2: Sean King. That is Sean King. And he, he even he even responded to me on the post like 'cause I told him the to chill. he had he had posted like the Bernie Mav shit like she he, he would have won if he didn't or like all these exceptions to the rule and Jumping through hoops to how he got to the to to win the the, the nomination, I was like, yo, you gotta like, yo, it's over, like chill. He's like, yo, I never chill. But even he got his little scandals going on. I'm like, yo, yo, son, some might
3: not make
2: it. Yeah, so he, I mean, but he got a bag off, he got a bag off, and I think there is like the I guess the opposite side or, or or the flip side of the Trump outrage is also like it's also money and outrage culture. You know what I'm saying? Like and, you know, like it's hard to decipher, at least for me, like what's really real and what's what what are people really, really outraged about. I have outrage fatigue. You just say you have scandal fatigue. I have I have, I have outrage fatigue, man. I don't know what's going on.
3: I think you know what we've never in the history had the ability to think of, to view other people's feelings in math on you know topics. I mean, it's this is the first time we've had historians, we've had educators, with you know we've had sound bites from interviews. But now we have constantly from artists, the thoughts of you know thousands of people, you may follow
2: hundreds of people. Yeah, but this is this, so, oh yeah you well you're Twitter you're Twitter you're Twitter famous so. You know at D cosby right that's what it is. t-h-e cosby no relation that's yeah, you still that's no still reason. your uh that's still your, your line right no relation. Yeah, no relation so so this is my thing though like because when you're sharing stuff on social media though then this is why i said i don't know what's real because one it's an option right none of us have to share anything on social media right and it's just and you're sharing because for the most part you're sharing because because you want a reaction so, somebody, if so, you put something on, on, um, especially when it comes to Facebook, you put something on Facebook and nobody reacts. It's like, oh my God. Like, so, like, are people adjusting to the likes, shares, and quicks clicks to it for their, um, quote unquote beliefs? Like, do you really believe this in real life? Because I definitely see people that we all that we both know that they're putting up the hardest, woke. Commentary up, and I'm like, Yeah, I know this dude in real life. We know this dude in real life. Like, yo, son is not like that.
3: Oh, uh, yeah, you know, I, try, I try to believe some people. I try to believe that they have, um, you know, matured or that they have, you know, their goals uh, or like the benefit of mankind. But a lot of people, are, you know, are attention uh, seekers, you know, or the kids who say clout chasers, and they realize that one way in which to, you know, garner that attention is to be woke. You know, is to to parrot the things that they have read or seen people say that had a lot of interaction. And it, it is sad. You know, people will rebrand themselves as this. And you, you know, you'll know them in real life. Like, yo, your behavior isn't matching your social media. Um, yeah. And I mean, I, I think even for myself, you know, I had to do, like, self-reflection. Like, was I doing it? And I'm like, no. I've actually, like, had these thoughts for years, and I've, I've shared them with people, and, you know, if, if you didn't know, I probably didn't talk to you. Um,
1: <laughs> I've,
3: I've had, you know, so, you know, I had to do a check, you know, whether it's my mom, like, you know, like, am, am I the same person, you know, I've been as a kid, or, you know, my friends know me you know, 20 years, am I the same person? I'm like, yeah, but I've seen people who have switched, and some have gone on to, like, start political careers or, you know, start, you know, Uh, community activism, and it's just like, you just know, like, if this joint don't work out, they're going to go right back to, you know, whoever they were before, because it's all, it's all, if you don't have talent, you want to get famous,
2: you got to find something, man. Yeah. Um, Yeah, oh, oh, so, like, I guess we can, you know, talk about the fine print, because a lot of A lot of um, just going back to Trump, a lot of his wealth. I was reading, I think it was Fortune, Forbes, one of them little, one of them, um, you know, those magazines. I don't know which one that talked, but they was talking about like um, he made most of his wealth by licensing his name, like using license agreements. Like talk about that as it relates to IP, Uh, intellectual
3: property. Intellectual property is important. Is you know ownership is that you have the ability to you know. Exploit and, and and to you know use your name likeness or you know your creation um, that others may seem invaluable. valuable. Uh, so for example, you know with Trump,
1: type
3: of thing that that's the equivalent of like renting your you know Airbnb, your uh, your image or your name. So you know let somebody use it for a certain amount of time, they pay you money, and you know so it'll be you know Trump shirts he's not going to make a shirt, but somebody is going to make a Trump shirt. Ah, yeah, yeah, go make a shirt. Um, you know, whether it's a new reality show. You know, he's like, okay, you guys developed that, I might pop up. Um, and he, he made a lot of money because he built this image of, you know, this successful businessman, you know, uh, tough, uh, you know, authoritative, strong. Um, and that actually helped him win the president because people were watching a reality show and like, guys God, know this. Knowing that, you know, he has a bunch of jail businesses. He, you know, filed bankrupts multiple times, you know, in order to, you know, protect the assets because the sales business center, uh, the man has gutted, you know, Atlantic City.
2: Yeah. Um,
3: okay. He just, you know, but building that brand allowed him to license um, it to others and, you know, just get residual income.
2: Okay, who who who, like, what? person it could be music, it could be uh, you know, otherwise, like what person um do you think um is like a a role model for like this is how you go about running your 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 likeness, your IP and why? I
3: would say I know you- Kind of non gratis a lot of circles. But Kanye West, man, um, mm. I think Kanye West, that skill set is his marketing. He is like a modern day Pete Um, you know, created, you know, what we know as the, the, the circus. Um, because Kanye has been able to put himself uh, out in front of everything else. And, and people have endeared themselves to it. You know, he's put himself in front of the music, in front of his beats, in front of the fashion, in front of, you know, whatever. Um, and it created a cult of personality. Um, you know, he, he made sneakers that looked like other sneakers, and these people were like, no, these are different. Kanye <laughs> and it has been consistently sold out and, like, Understands sneaker culture and like sneak game and has made a very successful, uh, you know, runs on on both Nike and Adidas. Um, you know, which is which is rare. I mean, you know, I see more easy than I see LeBron's on like kids that are like you know trying to you know stunt. You know, LeBron might sell more sneakers. Um, but when kids are like, yo, I'm, I'm trying to, you know, stunt on the ground, you know, get some Yeezys. And and these are kids that don't even listen to, you know, how you what. They're not, they not playing how drop dropout, but they, you know, come to love like the, the king hype beast I mean, he had kids dressed up like homeless people, man. Yeah. Like he had a whole line of like of burlap sack and tent clothing that kept buying, like,
2: Asymmetrical T shirts, man. Yeah, like it was it, was it was it uh, was it was crazy, and and that price tag was crazy too. But a part of that, I feel well, one is that is Kanye, and also he put that that price point. I think at a certain price point, people go on. I mean, obviously, you gotta be some marketing behind it, marketing and branding, you know. But I think at a certain price point, it's gonna make people want it more so than just like the Shaq sneakers. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, cause I mean, Shack, you know, Shaq or or, or Starberry, Marberry, like you know what I'm saying. Like, is, is it is for a certain market? Like those, those, they might move a whole bunch of units, but they're never going to be considered the hot. Even if they, it could be the same exact sneaker, and just one on B Marberry, one on B Kanye, and the price point be a thousand dollars for this shoe and and, and twenty dollars for that shoe, and cats going flock to the to the thousand dollar shoe because of what it represents. Conspicuous consumption, that was the word I was looking for Like Trump represented that So, like, you know, Kanye represents that too So maybe, I didn't—I never thought about it to this point But maybe that's why he identifies with Trump too Or well, at least he did, anyway
1: I mean, they
3: have They have similar branding strategies And so, you know, I mean Sad to see they might agree on politics But, you know, I, I knew that they were of the same cut As self-promoters they're
2: both self promoted. Yeah, which is uh, which is unfortunate because Kanye is the same person that was live on air and was like, George Bush don't care about black people. So like that and that that was like a real emotion because nobody you could tell he has those those emotion those emotional outbursts when it's absolutely sincere. And then it's also a part of him that I'm not sure when he's like marketing, trolling, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. Like, And I I think that's in general when I see people, like, that's, I think it goes back to my, my comment about social media. Like, I don't know. It's hard for me to decipher when people are being genuine, genuine outbursts, genuine statements versus when they, like, putting out their brand, even if, even if they don't identify it as such, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, like, with you, like, I think you take the you take the opposite approach and you you assume that most people are genuine. Like, I'm like, nah, I assume most people are putting on. Like, you know, you know. It is what it is, though, just a way of seeing the world. But another fine print question, like, so for a person, say like an artist, right, a rap artist, or whatever artist, don't necessarily have to be rap. Like, what is the, because, you know, we didn't talk about money, right? And we're both in the business of, Protecting artists in a ways, and we supposed to, to do some collaboration. We talk about offline and get the people later. But what, like, how much uh, does an artist should a, how much should an artist spend or expect to spend to get their intellectual property, um, with attorney fees or whatever? How much? How? What's the price point of that to get it right? You think? Or 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 based on on your on your business model.
3: Um, I mean for me, like you know, you you uh, you're gonna have to have stacks on that. And I mean honestly, you know, it's a small investment. When you say I'm putting it, you know a down payment on the house, um, you know you're not really sure. Um, when when I when I say you're you're building your your brand or, or you're creating your art, getting. The appropriate protection is putting a down payment on your art, mm. and it, it say that I will have, you know, control of this. That um, you know this is important because you know even if you're you're taking it to you know uh, uh, you create your first album or, or your first single and you're taking it to a label, um, you know, or, or you're putting it out yourself. You want to have you know all of these already protected, um, you know, so you have have you can. You can um, actually, you know, exploit it uh, for yourself before you get exploited. Like, you know, you, you don't want to be an artist that says, that that doesn't have their name trademarked. And then mm-hmm. you go to a label, and the label trademark your name. Um, and so, you know, you got issues with the label. you want to leave, and they're like, yo, fine, go ahead. We own your name. I mean, that, that happens, you know, to mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. That happens.
3: To, you know Kawhi Leonard when he wanted to leave Nike, and Nike was like, Nah, that we got that design, we trademarked it, and now you
2: have to fight down instead of you having you know all your you know intellectual property. It happened to Mike anything. too. Mike don't own that uh, that logo, the the Jumpman logo. Nike owns that Jumpman logo. That's why you never see it on anything outside of Nike. Oh man. I, I didn't
1: even know that,
2: man. Yeah, yeah. So okay. like when you see Michael Jordan when he does like um. Anything else outside of Nike, like, he always have, like, the uh, the tracing of his head. Like, that's his logo.
1: Oh, true, true,
2: true. Yeah, I, so I think he owns that part because I've seen that on multiple things that's across brands. So I think, like, he owns that part, that logo, or he doesn't own a Jumpman logo. So you would never, I say never, unless Nike does a uh, some type of collab with somebody else, you're never going to see that outside of a, a, a Nike product.
3: I mean, what kind of stuff, even with the uh, the Jumpman logo, was that he was um, the photographer who, you know, helped Mike uh, come up with that, you know, image, only got paid for the picture, you know. He didn't get paid, you know, for...
2: You oh, know, yeah, work for hire. That was a work for hire, huh? Yeah, work for hire.
3: <laughs> and, um, and it wasn't like, that wasn't a jump that Michael Jordan, you know, was doing, you know, like, he, he helped stage it, like I used to do this. And now you know, everywhere he goes, he sees this you know silhouette of something that he helped create. Um, so you know, back to you know, with, with the question is that you got to spend money, man. But I, I want I want more people to realize that you're
1: spending money to own something.
2: Yeah. So what what's the what's the price? Because I I like you know I'm gonna get people like all right. So this is the fine print. Like we we saying all this stuff. So if you're gonna hire a lawyer, this is what you should be expecting to pay.
1: For
3: trademark, I mean, you know, honestly, it, it's uh, you're gonna you gonna spend probably close to five hundred for the filing fee. Um, uh-huh. you, know, you have multiple classes, um, and then you know, you're gonna have to you know pay either the hourly rate or some lawyers may have you know some flat fee. Um, so yeah, like you're looking at um, close to you know a thousand dollars you know rate. and that that. You get quality work with that. Okay. So you get a quality attorney, and you know that, you know, when you have your brand, nobody else is going to be able to have that brand. Um, and and you know, ownership matters, man. Um, there's a, you know, one of the stories that we always talk about is that there's a Burger King um, that's not the Burger King we all know of. Mm-hmm. It's a small restaurant that never got a trademark uh, for Burger King. Um, and so original well, the 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 Burger King we all know attempted to move into that their area and they couldn't move in there because they have, you know, a state trademark for, you know, Burger King. But the original can never grow. It can never it can never be bigger than, than that, you know, small area because they didn't protect their
2: IP. Couldn't IP yeah. That's the yeah, that's crazy. I never heard of that story. That's
3: crazy. Yeah, and then it's um like that, the cautionary tale of, like, yo, maybe need to go ahead and get that trade money, you know, before somebody down the street, you know, comes in and, and picks it up, and now you, you're not going to be put out of business because
1: your business can never
2: grow. Got you. I gotta, um, wow. Always use the cautionary tale with Dre, Beats by Dre. You familiar with that case? Beats by, um, Beats, Beats versus Dre? Well, Beats by Dre or whatever, like, how... Dre and Jimmy Iovine D boat uh, uh Monster. It's beats yeah, by yeah, 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 how they Debo Monster out of the IP and, and everything else. I, it's amazing. That's an amazing story, but I might have to start using that um that Burger King reference.
1: Yeah, the the
3: Beats by Dre, man, just to be a to come from a spokesman seller to a, you know, designer, owner Purchaser, and then you know a a you
1: know
3: seller
1: like that. That transition,
2: that's how he you know became a billionaire. Um, yeah, of, of, you know, you know it, was my, it was Monster Headphones, Beats by Dre. Yeah, the original joint say Monster Beats by Dre by Monster. So and for all the people that don't know, like the case, so basically he went to court and Dre or well, Dre them or like their their lawyers, it's really Beats fault. So they basically lost all the tech the technology, the name. I think they might even lost the facilities to Dre because um they just didn't have the they didn't protect themselves. They didn't protect the IP basically in the deal.
3: And then, you know, by Dre was, you know, uh, purchased
1: by Apple,
2: right? Yeah, and I think I think uh I think um the story is that the, the reason why they didn't have their T's crossed and their eyes out it was that um, Dre approached them. Well, Dre was in the, in the market of looking for to partner with a headphone company. They already had the design. He saw them at, like, uh, whatever those audio, whatever they are. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, functions. Like, you know, they always have those technology um, conferences or whatever. And, you know, he was shopping around. He's looking at a couple places. He liked their headphones. And... They brought him in and he was like all right you know we could do this um but i basically want you know i guess he didn't sign anything like yeah i gotta sign up with my ip or whatever so they this is before it's hard to really discuss because it's before high-end headphones really really blew up so it kind of sort of like in a way i could see why they didn't foresee it because he was like all right well if y'all don't Y'all don't give me what I want, then I'm just gonna walk out the room and go someplace down the hall to Sony or something, right? But um, the monster is obviously is not Sony, so they was like, all right, um, so they signed the deal. Then later on, like Beats blew up, obviously, and you know, apparently they only made ten million off the deal, where Dre made whatever. He's a billionaire because of it, right? So I think that's the that's the word on the street.
1: Yeah, I mean it's one of the biggest deals ever.
3: I was on Apple's board. You know, the
2: stock was crazy. Um, I didn't know he was on Apple's board. Okay. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, so basically, because they didn't protect their intellectual property, they lost the technology, the design, and again, I think they lost the facility to Dre because because of it, because they, they, they signed a deal where he, they didn't they didn't protect anything, and, you know, he took him to court, then they sued. There's a famous case out there for anybody that wants to Google it. Just use your Googles, and it, it'll pop up. There's a whole bunch of stories written about it. Yeah, I mean, you know, the sold a lot
3: of records,
2: by you know, Nah, not Beast by Dre, and he walked away, allegedly he walked away from everything with um, Death Row, like, he doesn't own any of that type of stuff, so Matter of fact, Death Row just—they cataloged this just was purchased by somebody recently. That I think Hasbro or something crazy.
3: Yeah, but uh, Hasbro, Hasbro owns a—it's uh, like a, it's a Canadian uh, TV entertainment um, company um, that also had a—I think it's E1. E1, okay. I think they also had. They, also had they had a lot of uh, a lot of like independent or like smaller label like, uh, you know, artists, um, and they, they have that catalog, and so Hasbro bought E1, um, everything, um, the entertainment part, because you know, okay. I, I
2: think the main focus of Peppa Pig, Peppa Pig, yeah, you're right, you're right, yep, yep, that was it, you got everything
3: from Peppa Pig,
2: We like, right. Yeah. Yeah, so we got to, uh, well, we've been talking for like two hours, man. So get people your, uh, where they can find you at. And we got to, we got to talk, we got to do it again because it's a whole bunch of stuff I want to ask you about that I, we, we didn't actually get to. So we'll figure it out though. But get give, give people your, um, where they can find you at on social media.
3: All uh, right, you can find me on you know, Twitter, Instagram, uh, Dick Osby. Um, you know, doing some cool stuff. Um, you know just trying to you know, keep up and you they know, make that impression. Um, we find print, man there's a lot of a lot of things man that as well, you know get in the context and the context of everything that that's happening going on and I just you know explaining some things to people because I think you know sometimes you need someone else to you know give you a different perspective of why the world is working the way it works so you know and I think that trade is a fantastic you know, resource for it.
2: And I'm down to so, help, you know, anytime I can. So,
3: you know,
2: appreciate it. All right, definitely, man. And thanks again for your time, man. It's always appreciated. I definitely don't take it for granted. You could be doing anything else. But you had this uh we did this podcast together. But I'm, I'm going to holler at you later. All right, peace. Yeah, man. So hopefully it came out good. I think we did good. Hopefully everything the audio cuz I said like I wanted to do it in the studio but my last one, the audio came out all right too even though I was on the phone so
1: I mean we listen
3: to phone taps, so I mean <laughs>